Good morning, church. This morning, the question is, have you ever heard somebody in a church say something along these lines? If you're even doubting this, you're wrong or you have no faith. Have you ever heard anything like that? I have years and years ago in a church, a guy talked about doing something with a spiritual gifts test and said that this is the move of the spirit. And if you're even doubting it, you're wrong and you need to fix it. Now at the time he was uh, an assistant pastor at a large church we were in. Um, Have you ever heard that? There are uh, many reasons sometimes to question them. Today's text has some, uh, some fear and anxiety and doubt in it questioning and working out what it means to believe something or thinking it through or or maybe taking a second and waiting is not the least of the reasons is Christ made our brains to work and they work and so we ought to go ahead and use them and not just discount them and um, we've talked at length in our services about the faith that Christ comes to us for, that we come to God with, is not a blind faith, but a faith of reason and experience, that that we have a reason when we accept it. We don't do it blindly. We do it for reasons. And so um, today's text, fear, anxiety, doubt, curiosity, discernment, Understanding something is matching the biblical narrative. All reason for slowing down or thinking through a process. For if you're even doubting this, you have no faith. No. Um, on the other hand, um, sometimes we believe our doubts and doubt our beliefs. In which case, that's a different situation. But today, um, right in the middle of this, the disciples are going to have some of all of this together, and Jesus is going to come amongst them. So let's get to the story, shall we? This is from John 20, verse 19 to 29. I'm reading from the New Living. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Now remember that they'd been having reports that Jesus was risen, that all of that stuff was going on, but they were still behind closed doors and they were doing this and Jesus was among them. Suddenly, he was among them. Peace be with you. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds on his hands and his side and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Verse 24, one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wounds of his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. 
The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing amongst them. Peace be with you, he said. And they said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound of my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas explained, exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The disciples give us, the Bible gives us, believers in faith that have developed their faith over a long time often give us permission to, to wait and sort of figure it out. You don't have to have your faith completely in hand at all times. Some, some church leaders and some people will say, hey, if you don't have this, you can't be amongst us. But that is just not the case. I have, I've spoken of this before that, that some of the stuff you just can't understand. You, you're going to get a piece of it. You're going to understand a piece of it. And you're going to understand a bunch of some other. But you are being formed in faith. And there's, there just has to be a place where we have permission to uh, to uh, pause or to question or to sit in a moment and and just think something through before we act. And the reason that it has is that's the places where Jesus meets us. There is no other places in our lives where we are met than that. That is the place where we are met because that's the place we live. And so Jesus meets us there. So let's go back to the text and, and, and work out how he meets us and what the process is for us in this as well. And so we can, we can sort of explain our situation. So Jesus comes into this. Let's read this. That Sunday evening, the disciples behind locked doors. We talked about that last week, that believers often have a cap or a seal on them, not, not believers, but humans have a seal upon them that keeps them from believing. They are behind a locked door, sometimes of their own choosing. But of course, if you're behind a locked door, you're the one that's locked the door. And so Jesus was suddenly amongst them, and this is how it works. He initiates the conversation always. By the way, even if you were out and you saw Jesus has never reached out for me and you start to say, Jesus, help me. Somewhere along the line, he's initiated that conversation. And this is what he says. And he addresses their concerns and needs. The first thing he says is, peace be with you. He doesn't come in and say, man, I'm hoping to upset your apple cart. Peace, peace be with you. And then he starts to show them some faith and he, and he showed them his hands and his sides. He was proving to them the validity of rising from the dead. He wasn't just saying, you're supposed to believe this and I'm, and, and I'm never going to prove anything to you. You just have to believe it out of hand. He's not saying that. He shows them his hands and sides. So he's providing the proof that they need to know who he is. Then he says to them, as the Father sent me, I am sending you in the way that the Father sent me, through the power of the Spirit, I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. 
If you forgive somebody's sins, um, they're forgiven. If you don't receive them, they're not, or don't forgive them, you are not, they're not forgiven. And then he does it again with Thomas. Look, this text doubles it up, right? He shows up again behind the doors. They're all together. Thomas has made a strong statement and, and Thomas, the doors were locked. They put the seal back on. Jesus, Thomas had the seal on him, right? Unless I touch, I'm not going to believe. That was his thing. This is completely rational. No, the 10 of you having seen Jesus plus all the other followers having seen Jesus is not going to be enough to convince me unless I put my hands in him. And so Jesus repeats the process again. Peace be with you. Put your finger here. Put your hands. Look at my hands. Put your hand there. Don't be faithless anymore. Believe my Lord and my God. So that is a statement of belief and then ascending. And so this is the way it goes. Um, when you're talking, when Jesus is initiating the conversation, he starts out this way. Peace, peace be with you. I'm with you and I'm going to be peace. I'm bringing peace to you. Mission accomplished, right? Gospel, the gospel, be, we replay. Uh, often say that the gospel is good news. But the good isn't really in the text the way that we use it. Gospel is essentially news. And in this case, news from God. And so it's news that you couldn't have gotten any other way and it's been delivered. And because it is the way it is, it's good. So the gospel is good news. Here it is, peace. You no longer need to be at war with God God has taken care of that. He's initiated that and he's done that. And now he's going to meet the needs and concerns. So if you're talking to somebody, spend some time meeting their needs, answering their questions. It's okay if they don't believe you. Look, Thomas didn't even believe the other disciples. It's okay. God will meet them where they are mainly because God can't meet them any other place because they're not in any, in any other place. They're where they are in that place of doubt, in that place of in-between, in that place of waiting, in that place of their brains sort of trying to work through this, but they also have a seal on it. And so he, he comes in through the locked door, um, but bringing peace, not destruction. Then he breathes the Holy Spirit on his believers and sends them and says, forgive. Do the forgiveness work. Just in the way that I've forgiven you, you forgive others, all this stuff. Look, this is the truth of the whole situation. We as humans need his peace. We need his spirit in order to believe. And man, do we need his spirit in order to forgive other people? And, and well, when there's something between us and somebody else, that forgiveness is a really big deal because it, it breaks a barrier between us. But often that person, if they are bothered by the lack of forgiveness, then, then that's their conscience working on them. But if you haven't forgiven somebody and it's in your life, you haven't been set free either. Because when we don't forgive somebody, we often act 
and, and are in a place of non-forgiveness and then we're in a jail where the peace and the power of the Lord doesn't hold sway in our life because we've done that. Now here we are, if we're gonna live this blessed life, we need his peace, we need his spirit, we need, we need to forgive, we need, we need to have the things that help us decide, all these things right in a row. So we've been talking about how we talk about Jesus and how we share Jesus. Here is the example of how he's done it with us and what we need to do in order to do that. Now, before Jesus did this, he forgave them. Remember, on the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So before he entered through the locked doors and all this, he did the forgiveness. So here's our process as Christians. We need to do the forgiveness work. Then we can be at peace when we enter into somebody else's life. Then when, when they are, have the time with them and, and they take the seal off their lives and, and the proof and the, and the things that they need to know to believe, Everybody's little thing to believe is different, and Jesus knows who it is. He knew Thomas's, he knew theirs, he knew all those things. Even when other people are saying this, it's okay, just go ahead and do that. We need his peace to do that, and, and to not be offended when they don't believe us the first time, and, and but just provide it, let God do the work. He's the only one that can do the con conversion. We need his spirit in us. They need their his spirit in them too. We we do this and and when when they believe then the spirit comes they can then forgive and live a blessed life and that's the thing that happens that jesus forgave and then had and by the power of the spirit came in and provided proof and did all this stuff as we forgive then we can provide by the power of the spirit the forgiveness and all these things, the peace that he has in, in our lives, we can share that. We can, we can talk about it and all those things. But this is the text. There's room for fear and anxiety. Well, fear, fear is a different thing. Fear is not a good faith response. But, but fear isn't the only reason we stop from doing things because our brains work. Sometimes we stop doing things because we think, wow, that's not a good idea. Maybe we shouldn't do that. And so there's this spot of this in-between where Jesus always meets us because that's the place. There's room for doubts in the presence of Jesus. But he's also going to spend the time doing it. So if you've got a doubt and you're struggling with it over and over again, today I want you to just Lift the hand of your heart. Don't honk the horn. Don't do anything like that. Just lift the hand of your heart if you're having a doubt, and let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, today, for those that have lifted the hand of their hearts, I specifically ask that you would provide not only the proof that they're looking for to change their life, to become a disciple of yours, to follow you, to have your peace, and then to forgive others, we ask specifically that you not only would show them that proof, but you'd give them eyes to see it as well so that they don't, so they don't willingly not see it. And Lord, I just ask that you would make it right there in front of them. If um, they need somebody to provide that, I ask you to send that proof to them. Lord, I ask that we would not be looking for fleeces ourselves like... Um, Gideon did, not looking for proofs, but where we need proofs, and you know the difference between those spots, that you would help us get off off the dime, if it will, and, and go and do your work 
because you've provided the proof and the peace and the spirit and the forgiveness. You've provided every single thing we need. And I just ask that right now in these, in these lives right here, that you would do it again and again and again for so many others, that you would just multiply your people, that you would reach out through us, that you would do that. In your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.